ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the tailgate live here on kljx lp flagstaff the show where we talk about college sports as always i am monty gant and i am joined by my great and wonderful amazing stupendous i got a million adjectives for him but we'll just say he's wonderful my wonderful co-host brandon hurley brandon how you doing this evening, my brother? Doing good. I had a great week of college football last week. It was nice and fun just because I kind of got to rub it in someone's face. If you were listening last week, I got to rub it in Will Hopkins' face that Pac-12 teams lost. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to <laughs> Oh, believe me when I say we're going to get to the Pac-12. And joining us, joining us for this first half hour of the tailgate is somebody who – this he he's only this is his first time, but he's already a citizen. He's already a tailgater. He because he's the reason we have this. He's one of the reasons why we have this, along with our other KJAC sports manager, Casey Everett. This this young man, I say young man, but he's actually older than me. But this young man <laughs> is somebody who is just well loved around this program someone who's well respected someone who i look up to someone who i appreciate for giving us his time he was supposed to be on last week but he has some complications he had to cover an event last week but he's here now and we are going to appreciate his presence ladies and gentlemen one of the kjack sports directors mr michael manny michael how you doing oh, today? Monty, you're too kind. You are too <laughs> kind. <laughs> Fellas, so great to be here. Finally, this is the first time uh, this semester I have not had a high school football broadcast going on right now. So very happy to be here. You guys are two kings, two very <laughs> dear friends of mine. Very glad to finally be on here. No, it's finally great to have you on. We, we've been... We I know we've been we've had conversations off the air you you I am you I and Brandon we've had conversations and you've been clamoring to come on the show and we've been clamoring to have you on and the stars have aligned and the sports talk radio gods have smiled on us and we are all finally here to talk about college football and so without further ado we are going to start off ev- we are going to start the show the same way we start off every single episode of the tailgate and that is with poll talk poll talk p o l l t l t a l k poll talk and we are talking about the college football playoff rankings we are in week 11 of these here rankings I believe so right week 11 uh, week 12 we're in week 12 I'm in the well oh the college football playoff website just cheated me and told me <laughs> that I was in the wrong. But anyway, we are in week 12. I knew something was wrong when I saw USC was sixth, and I was like, wait a minute, something's happening. But <laughs> I believe the top fours remained unchanged. A uh, top five has remained unchanged. The top fives remained unchanged. It remains Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and Tennessee on the outside looking in still. And we've we've had a couple of of shifts brandon i want i want you to talk about the the one major shift that i know is on your on your brain right now what is the one major shift that you saw in the college football playoff rankings this week well i i when i saw this game i started laughing in like just in pure joy oregon who last week i believe was six 
Yes, they were six. I re- just remember. They were six. Lost. They lost to number 25, Washington, and now are all the way at number 12. And then you had another team lose in UCLA, who dropped all the way to 16. And now the only Pac-12 team left in the top 10. Actually, there's two, actually, because one did move up. Utah is at number 10, but number 7 is USC, and those are the only two teams left. And out of all those teams, USC probably has the hardest schedule coming up because in the next coming of weeks, they play UCLA this week, who's going to want a revenge game and try to get their way back into the top 10. And then you have Notre Dame the following week, and then they have to play in the Pac-12 championship if they win out. So they got a very tough schedule. A very, very tough schedule indeed. Michael, when you were looking at the college football playoff rankings, what was the one thing or maybe a couple things that you saw that kind of surprised you or maybe didn't surprise you? Well, I know this is not a a new phenomenon, but just the fact that this has been like an entire year thing for me, that the fact that you know how people say every year that Texas is back? Yes. Well, well, they are. It's just – uh, Texas Christian is back. No, <laughs> see the fact that TCU, uh, of all teams, where really in my eyes I don't <laughs> that w- the the TC- the part of my brain that TCU occupies is like the Andy Dalton years, and that's about it. But the fact that TCU is uh, still number four in the nation, they're still undefeated, they're going to the Big Twelve championship game. That is something that continues to shock me. Just I know that they've put together a pretty a a uh, pretty good program in recent years where they, you know, they take on Baylor soon where it, it almost seems like Baylor was supposed to be the Texas team that was supposed to have the big breakout this year and they're only 6 and 4. So uh, that continues to surprise me. Uh, Brian Kelly's turned LSU around. They're they're on the outside looking in right now. Uh 8 and 2, but I, I don't know what just really the one thing I think overall about the playoff that surprised me the most this year is the fact that just how human Alabama has looked like this year. And I'm sure you guys have talked at length about that, but just the fact that Alabama could very well have four losses this year. I mean, they lost to Tennessee. They, um, they almost lost to Texas. They almost lost to Texas A&M. And uh, uh, they lost to LSU, too. That's right. Yeah. And so just how human they are, that the fact that they're only number eight, that's what shocks me. But... In terms of like the overall rankings, the top four is that the fact that TCU is still holding their own. Yeah, I love and I, TCU. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think I, I personally think that TCU is going to make the playoff be just because the conference championship game is going to be a huge factor. And I don't envy anybody on the uh, on the college football playoff committee because there's a lot there's a lot of decisions that got to be made. I mean, you got. It, you, you, I mean, you have Georgia and LSU are going to be potentially playing for the SEC title. The winner of that has to get into the playoff. Then you got Ohio State and Michigan. They play each other, and then on top of that, the winner of that is going to be playing for the Big Ten title. And if they win that, then you got to definitely put them in. And, and then you also have Tennessee is kind of on the outside looking in, so if you have a couple teams in that top four lose – then Tennessee can go ahead and slide right on in. But I think you hit it right on the head, Michael. Alabama looks – I don't they, – they look – they look – this is a different Alabama team. This is way different than what we're accustomed to with the with Nick Saban and 
his his quarterback running back combo kind of dominating or quarterback wide receiver duo kind of dominating. I mean, we saw it with Tua Tagovailoa and Devontae Freeman. We saw it with uh, or no, sorry, uh, Bright was it Bryce Young and J- and Devontae Freeman, right? Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. That's the Falcons running. Back. Yeah, I was like, I was like, there's Devontae too many, Freeman? there's too many Devontae's <laughs> in football. I'm so sorry. I apologize, I apologize, Mr. Smith. There's a lot of lot of you with the first name Devontae, but. To your bet, Brandon, I mean, USC is still hanging on with that number seven spot with a couple couple teams losing late in the game. USC could could slide into that playoff. I, do you do you think do you think that there is a chance that they I'll, I'll, I'll start with Michael. Michael, do you think that there is a chance that USC sneaks into the playoff and represents the Pac-12? Uh, they have to win out. That is kind of what I think. And. I'll be honest, I'm always preying on USC's downfall. So <laughs> if you were just asking my opinion, then no. But objectively speaking, I mean, they got this big game against U- UCLA. I can't remember in the last, oh, decade or so, a USC-UCLA game, UCLA game with this as much consequence as this game. Because I just, it's been a long time since I feel like they've both been relevant at the same time. Because UCLA, the Brett Hundley years, that's kind of all I can associate with UCLA being good the last decade. Uh, so they got to win that game. They got to beat Notre Dame, too, which, I don't know, Notre Dame's the uh, Notre Dame just the perennial hyped-up team that uh, ends up losing to, I don't know, my community college uh, football <laughs> team, which no longer exists at the end of the year. So I, they got to win out. They're I just, I, they're the Pac-12's last hope. I just don't see it. I think there's too many other teams ahead of them more deserving. I mean, just taking a look at the rankings now, I mean, in LSU, uh, uh, they, I'd say they could make a case. I mean, there's, I think there's teams just ahead of them. Tennessee, I think Tennessee has a great case for it. I mean, just almost just on that Alabama win alone it is it was their first big notch, I think. And, you know, them leapfrogging somebody i i think there are other one loss teams that have a greater case than usc although i do want to say lincoln riley's first year there has done a fantastic job bringing a program back to relevance that has really just been in the depths of 500 or worse ball in the last oh six seven eight years Mm -hmm. yeah i mean Per, me, me personally, I think that I think that Notre Dame game because Notre Dame has kind of been, I mean they they absolutely annihilated Clemson, but then you go back they got annihilated by Ohio State. This is a Notre Dame team that's kind of they're they're I guess the main word you can use is inconsistent. But Brandon, do you think that there's a chance that USC sneaks into the college football playoff and represents the Pac-12 and gets you and Tyler Murphy a Gatorade bath? No, no, I mean, maybe like a 5% chance, 10%. At this point, it's so hard because you have to win out, right? And you're facing Notre Dame and UCLA, UCLA first and Notre Dame. If you win both those games, you kind of have to put them at like fifth or fourth. And then if they win the Pac-12, you kind of have to put them in. So then that circumstance, they have to win out. Like you said, Michael, they have to win out. The problem is, in that scenario, even if they win out, if LSU beats Georgia in probably most likely what's going to be the SEC championship, what are you going to do? You can't 
not play LSU. They just beat Alabama and Georgia in the same year. They have to get put in. So then they make it over them. And even Tennessee, if they win out, you you kind of rank them ahead of USC just because USC didn't beat Alabama. And then I think they're going to lose. If not to UCLA, they're going to lose to Notre Dame because my opinion of Notre Dame is this. Yes, they started off terribly. They I mean, this lost is the same Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall. Yeah. yeah it, Ooh, in the same season. Michael, oh, my goodness, I forgot about that. I was going to say. I yeah. literally, for, I, no joke, that <laughs> slipped my mind. I was like, wait a minute, this team lost to the Marshall Thunder Her- Thundering Herd. Thundering Herd. Thundering Herd. Thundering Herd. Thundering Herd. My goodness. The Jack Langwell's Thundering Herd. If you don't get my reference, it's We Are Marshall, the movie. But Notre Dame has gone on to beat. They beat BYU, who was 16 at the time when they beat them. They beat Syracuse, who was 16 at the time when they beat them. And then they just beat Clemson recently, 35-14. to 14, And Clemson at that time was 14th ranked in the country. And last week they beat Navy. It was a close game. I feel like Notre Dame is that team because people don't – they only lost to Ohio State by 11. It wasn't like a bad loss. They lost by 11. All right. A lot of teams have lost by worse to Ohio State this year. I think that Notre Dame's problem was they started to get into their own heads, and when they played the Marshall game, they were in their own heads. But then once they started realizing, hey, we're actually good, they started playing well. And I think that, honestly, if Notre Dame gets to the USC game, I think they can win it just because they play better against better teams. They're like one of those teams they play down to their opponents. They've done that all year. And right now, if they play USC, I think they beat them. And to go back to, like, LSU's circumstance, if LSU wins out, they're automatically making it. I just think it's so hard for USC to make it over LSU and Tennessee because I think Texas Christian wins out. And even Ohio State-Michigan, you kind of have to put them ahead of them because it's Ohio State and Michigan. Because even if they lose, I've always said it, I've said it numerous weeks, if Ohio State beats Michigan – They'll be in. Michigan probably falls out. But if Michigan beats Ohio State and it's a close game, I think both still make it. So it's like you have to balance it out. See, the only issue, the the only issue with that, I can I can see the college football playoff committee putting in two teams, even though they've played each other. One has lost and the other one won, and then went on to win a conference title. I can see that happening if it were an SEC team, or if it yeah. were two SEC yeah. teams. They are not – the college football playoff committee is not going to bend over backwards and uh, accommodate two Big Ten teams. I, I don't think they would. I don't think they would accom- – I think the only conference they would be willing to do that sort of maneuvering and that sort of accommodation around would be the SEC. I don't think they would do it for the Big there Ten. There are three SEC teams in the top six. So, I – I just think that USC just doesn't have a shot just because they have to win out and you're facing probably the toughest schedule of any of these teams to win out. Besides LSU, because LSU to make it has to win out completely and they have to beat Georgia. So that's the only thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we're talking talking about games. We're talking about games this week and games next week. But I want to know – let, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about games that are coming up tomorrow and next week. Because as everybody knows, next Thursday is the Thanksgiving holiday. So to Gobble accommodate, 
the thanks <laughs> to accommodate the Thanksgiving holiday, we won't be having a show next week. So we're not going to have a chance to preview any games that are going on next week. But this is our chance now. And I want to start with you, Michael. What is the one or maybe two games that you think people should be paying attention to tomorrow or over the holiday break? Well, tomorrow, I think, first off, that you, I mentioned it earlier, that USC-UCLA game, I think, is going to be really interesting because UCLA is going to want a revenge game after last week. USC, I, I just, I find it so interesting. I feel like this is the first time in a decade that you that USC has been in a position such as this, not even, like, the Sam Darnold years. I think USC is relevant in a way that they haven't been since Pete Carroll. And, and, ju- and just for clarification, because I want to hear you say it, who did UCLA lose to last week? UCLA. So I talked to I talked I talked to, <laughs> I talked to the guys about this before the show. So for uh, clarification, I'm a Phoenix guy. I'm a Phoenix native, so you can guess who my favorite college football team is. So for uh, the one time in my life, I'm going to say a nice word about the University of Arizona football team. So the Wildcats beat UCLA last week at the Rose Bowl, their first win over a ranked opponent since 2018, their first win over a top 10 opponent, uh, first road win over a top 10 opponent since 2014, first win at the Rose Bowl since 2010. So U of A is four and six. They're two and four in the Pac-12. So middle of the pack, that's average. But I'm going to say maybe I was wrong about Jed Fish. Maybe I was wrong about Jed Fish. In a few years, maybe I'll be saying something different. Was I clowning on the hire at the time? Absolutely. As so, everyone was. Yeah, as everyone was and as everyone should have. Because the the because uh, U of A in, over the past decade has gone from uh, uh, from someone to Jed Fish to uh, what? Why am I forgetting? Uh, Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. Well, Kevin Sumlin. Why am I forgetting before Kevin Sumlin? Um, um, Rich Rodriguez? Yeah, Rich Rod. Why am I forgetting Rich Rod? And so, I don't know. The, the U of A football program has a little bit of juice for the first time since, oh, Nick Foles, the Nick Foles era. I, I just... It's been a while. It's been a while. And maybe the, maybe Scooby Wright's senior year. <laughs> maybe they have, oh, the first year of, uh, Khalil Tate. Yeah. Where... And then the next year he was going into, he was like a big Heisman favorite preseason, and he did nothing. So maybe Khalil Tate. That was the last time I should say that. But I'll just say, I don't know. I know I am kind of went off on a tangent, but who knows? <laughs> Ter- Territorial Cup next week? It's not. ASU's dominated the Territorial Cup the last half decade, but I don't know. This, with the state of the program, uh, where ASU is right now, although I should say that Trent, uh, Trenton uh, Bor- Borget, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm so sorry. I, though he's looked better than Emory Jones has in stretches. I that Territorial Cup's a toss-up, but going back to your original question, I definitely think, yeah, that USC-UCLA game, I think the Utah-Oregon game is really interesting. Not that either of those two are going to make any noise in the playoff, but right. I think that'll be interesting. And, of course, going into – oh, and the TCU-Baylor game should be interesting too. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. Big 12 games Big twelve games are always 
are always great. Brandon, before I get to you, I think I think I have my pick. It's not this week. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, taking mine. when you <laughs> are feasting on your fabulous, scrumptious, delicious Thanksgiving meals that your families made, that the I know the elder members of your family have prepared, at least in my family, because I know I know ain't no I know ain't no young folks in the kitchen making 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 thanksgiving dishes there may be for some families but i know for mine there ain't so i'm just gonna say when you are munching on your thanksgiving meal make sure you save a plate save enough to make a plate for saturday november 26th because the greatest game the greatest rivalry in the history of maybe maybe sports not just college sports but sports period will be commencing once again. It will be Michigan against Ohio State. This is the game we look forward to every year. Now, I'm not going to cover my bias. I'm a Michigan guy, all right? I'm a Michigan fan. This is the year we make it two in a row against Ohio State. <laughs> you, I... Listen, and Brandon, Brandon, you laugh now. It's not happening. You laugh, you laugh now, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Who won last year? Michigan because of Aiden Hutchinson. D- doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. That was the first time Jim Harbaugh's beat Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first. And it was the first time. It was the first time we had beaten Ohio State too since uh, 2011. You do you remember who the head coach for Michigan was in 2011? No idea. Is that Denard Robinson at quarterback? Yeah, Denard Robinson was quarterback, and I believe Brady Hoke was the head coach. Oh, I was 11 years old, gentlemen, the last time Michigan beat Ohio State I was before Michigan, last Michigan year. Michigan hasn't had a good quarterback since Tom was Brady, that, and wh- they were trying to get rid of him. What is that, 2011? <laughs> I was in seventh grade? It's, it's, grade, it's, it's egregious. But yes, I was in second grade. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, save yourself a plate and enjoy – Watch and, and watch, watch Michigan versus Ohio State. That game is coming on. Let me. I'm looking at the time right here. That game is coming on at 10 a.m. Arizona time, Mountain Standard Time, 10 a.m. So if you if you're one of those if you one of those people who like to have Thanksgiving leftovers for breakfast, first of all, I ain't judging you. But I mean, come on, pour a bowl of cereal, make some pancakes, having turkey at 10 in the morning is a little odd to me. But but I digress. <laughs> I digress because I'm I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because. The leftovers are there. You got to eat them up. But save yourself a plate and watch Ohio State versus Michigan. I think this is the game to watch over the holiday break. I think this is the game. This is like this is like uh, USC and UCLA. This has this has tremendous consequences when it comes to the college football playoff because, in my opinion, one of these teams ain't making it. Whoever loses this game is going to be is going to be the first one who is on the outside looking in. I think whoever loses this game is going to finish fifth and play in a new year six bowl but they're not going to be playing for a national championship but that's just me how about you brandon can i just talk about next week's games real quick there it's like all the state games it's like all like ucla versus california florida versus florida state you got oregon versus oregon state you got kansas versus kansas state you got washington versus washington state Travel we reap, baby. It's just Georgia versus Georgia Tech. I mean, it's just all like territorial cup next week, baby. It's just all like ter- like it's just like all that stuff. But like, I think the game to watch is next week. As and I think, I will say, Monty stole mine. 
one of mine. I was going to mention that one. But I think Notre Dame-USC, like I've mentioned, is one of the biggest games next week just because I think USC wins this week against UCLA. I think their one chance of making it will be against uh, Notre Dame. So if they beat Notre Dame, I think they make it. But I just don't see it happening. And, I mean, this week I think there is – I mean, this week's kind of lacking in games. I mean, every team is, like, playing essentially, but no one's playing, like, ranked opponents except USC and UCLA. And I, I guess I'll say Utah-Oregon. I think that's a good game. I think that uh, 10 versus 12, I know both – Utah won last week. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I think Utah playing Oregon, if Utah wins, they can get – maybe they can jump Alabama. Alabama awesome. really this, – this is something that always I always forget about every year, but I just – I love when Alabama just plays an FCS team in mid-November. Yeah, who do they play? They're playing Austin P- PA. How do you pronounce that? Austin PA. They are seven and two. Se- they're seven and three. Seven but and it's three? Austin PA. I get Alabama. I just why does why Alabama's just like yeah let's schedule an FCS opponent in mid November. Smack dab in the middle of the season after we had lost to after we've suffered two losses, two devastating crushing losses. Let's just I thought FCS teams playing power five powerhouses were supposed to be in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I feel for I feel for Austin. PA, yeah, I don't know, but I feel for them very also, much. So, also too for context, before we go to break for context, this will be the twelfth time that Michigan and Ohio State meet each other while both are in the top five. Of course, last year Ohio State was second, Michigan was fifth, and uh, we all know what happened. But th- this year, of course, they're they're two and three, and I believe this is the fir- this is the closest they have been. In the top five, yeah, since 2016 when Michigan was when Michigan was third and Ohio State was number two. And the last time that game happened, we're not going to talk about what happened, but it was a double overtime game. And just know that the wrong team won that night. Well, so. there, was that, there was that 2006 game, too, where they were 1-2, right? 2006, yep. Yeah. That was the game of the century. They were 1-2. and two, And um, we won't talk about what happened that game either because um, it – it, it's very traumatic. And so it historically, it doesn't end well for Michigan. It, d- Brandon, I listen. <laughs> okay, all right. I know. I, I like I like Michigan. I think John Harbaugh is a great coach, and I think you guys bring in. I think JJ McCarthy is a great quarterback. I just think you lost so much defense. You lost so much defense last year with David Ajabo going. Uh, did he play in that game? Thing. Yeah, he did play because I know yeah. I know he got hurt. I didn't know if it was in workouts after the season or during the game. I think he pl- I think he I think he played that game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And you lost Aiden Hunt. Like that's a crazy duo for college. Yeah, I think the defense Michigan's defense is definitely going to struggle. Yeah, that game. They're definitely, I, it's gonna be. An, it has to be an struggle. offensive show. It has to be both teams. Just it's gonna be guns blazing. Every team's gonna score. 30-plus points. Yeah, I tell you, J.J. McCarthy going to have to have the game of his life to beat, to beat Ohio State. But with that, unfortunately, our time with Michael Manning is up because he's only on for the first half hour. We got to get you on for a full hour. We, we got to make that happen. We got to get that petition going and get you on for a full hour. Oh, we, well, I, there doesn't need to be a petition. I would like to do that. Very yeah. much so. Oh, I forgot. He's the boss. He's, he's <laughs> one of the bosses. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He, he, he can, can make us he come could, up. He could fire us and just host the entire show by himself if he wanted to. I could not host the show the way you guys do. Ah, oh, no. You're too kind, Michael. I, I you're will too s- kind. I will say, you should come on, like, just from, like, 
the week. Are we on during finals week or like the week before finals week? You guys are on when if you would like to be on. Okay, that is that because there's a game that week. I would like. There is only one football game from the sixth to the tenth and week fifteen of college football. And that game, I want to. I won't mention it now, but that game is like. One of my favorite games of the year. Yeah, we gotta get <laughs> we gotta get Michael on. Next time we get you on, we gotta talk about college basketball. So yeah. We know a lot. We know a lot's going on. I know you're big. I know you're a big football guy. I know you're a big football guy. But we gotta get you on one of these days to talk about talk a little bit about basketball. That's why we gotta get you on for a full hour. That's why we gotta get you on for a full hour. But Michael, is there anything you want to say to our listeners before you bid them adieu? Uh, pay attention to the territorial cup next week. It's not ASU's not gonna put up seventy on U of A again. Just if I if I drive by Phoenix and see that billboard one more time, if I drive if I drive by Phoenix and see the 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 seventy nothing billboard up, I'm not even a U of A fan, but I am from Tucson. For those of you who don't know, and it irritates me. Your the ASU fans, come on, give it up. Y'all are hung up on one seventy nothing win, which I I guess to it. If I were if I were an ASU fan, I kind of be hung up on that. If Michigan they beat not- Ohio State seventy nothing, believe me, I would be hung up on. They have. They don't have a ton to uh, look forward to right now. Let's just say. Yeah, they're firing head coaches. Firing say. head coaches <laughs> in the end zone after games and catching it on video. With that, thank you, Michael Manny, for joining us. Once, once again, an automatic tailgater. Considering that he is, he's put in. He's put in work. He's putting in work around here. For those of you who don't know, Michael is out every single Friday covering high school football. He is organizing and helping scheduling the kjack sports shows that go on here he he he's a reporter for naz today he is one of the hardest working people that i know and it's so great to have you on it's so great that you made time within your busy schedule because i know you're a busy guy you made time within your schedule to come over here and chat it up with us about college football so michael once again thank you anytime guys you're too kind when we come back on the tailgate we are going to have Tony Mealy on, and Tony is going to come join us and talk about college basketball, and we're going to talk about the top performers of the week, and we're going to react to another few big names that have committed and decided to play college basketball and not make the pro jump. All that and more when we come back on the tailgate live on KLJX LP Flagstaff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the tailgate live on KLJX LP Flagstaff. Once again, we want to thank our co-KJAC sports, sports director, Michael Manny, for joining us in the first half hour to talk about college football. But now we are going to jump into college basketball, and we are joined by a young man who, this is his second time on the show. Am I right? Second or third? Second? This is second, his second time. Second. So he's officially a tailgater. He is officially. Let's get, let's get everybody. Let's, come on. He's let's a give Let's give it up. He is officially a citizen of the show. He's a tailgater. Once we get that merch going, we got to keep because I've already lost track of who's a citizen on the show. So we'll we gotta, ask. we got we'll ask around, but we got to get once we get that merch made, he gonna get a shirt. He gonna get he for sure is gonna get himself a shirt. But I call him Big Tone, Big Tone, because this 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 brother is amazing to talk to. He's always working hard. He's always eager to to come on to. Not just our show, but he's always eager to come on to the Double Double and talk just sports because this is a brother who loves sports, and he is somebody who's exceptional, and I'm glad to have him on. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Tony Mealy to the show. Tony, how you doing this evening, my man? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? Oh, we good. We good. good. We, even better now that you're here. Even better now that you're here. 
Um, we are going to kick it off with talking a lot. We're going to talk about the top performers of this week because there have been a lot, a lot of good games this week, a lot of shockers. You had Gonzaga beating Tech, or you had Texas, Texas beating Gonzaga. Texas beating Gonzaga. I said Texas was really t- good this year. By 19, they beat them 19. by 19 points. Yeah. Then you had the UConn Huskies without Paige Beckers holding their own, the number three Huskies beating Texas. I believe they were they were three. I may be wrong on that, but charge it to my head, not my heart. But we had a lot of – I mean, you had ASU beating Michigan by nearly 30. That, that was. Let's skip over that. They don't need to talk about that. But we've had a lot of impressive performances by teams. But there have been some individuals who have kind of – who have kind of broke, broke open and – kind of establish themselves as a name that we need to pay attention to and brandon i want to start with you who do you th- who was one of your top performers this week in college basketball so everyone on the show who listens to this weekly knows i've mentioned this numerous times i am a gators fan big florida gators fan and right now we have one of the best players in college basketball right now he's a fifth year senior taking his little bit of a gap he took the COVID year his name's colin castleton now, Colin Castleton's a 6'11", 240-pound senior, fifth-year senior. Man. He is averaging 25 points per game, eight rebounds, and two assists, and last week had multiple 30-point games. Multiple 30-point games. And so far this year, in college basketball, like I said, he's fourth in NCAA basketball in scoring. But not only that, he's also fourth in blocks, averaging four blocks per game. And he shoots an absurd. He shoots literally fifty-five percent from the field as a big. And yes, as a big man, you might think that's low, but this, this guy's a stretch big. He also is shooting around twenty-five, thirty percent from three. This is one of the guys who I think Florida's team this year. There's not really many star players there, so Colin Castleton needs to carry them. And for this team, I think he's going to be doing a lot this year. And. Honestly, so far this year, he's playing really well. They did have a rough loss to FAU, I believe. And so that was a little bit tough to see. But I think Colin Castleton, is, he could be in the discussion for College Basketball Player of the Year if he keeps this up. No, no doubt. I definitely – I was looking at his numbers, and I was looking at Florida's schedule. They have uh, – they as far as their uh, – what do you call it? Non-conference. As far yeah. as their non-conference schedule, it's it's looking it's looking like Mr. Castleton is going to have a chance to showcase himself a lot more. They do play the 25th ranked UConn Huskies mm-hmm. pretty soon. I believe they play them in a couple weeks. That is going to be a test. If Florida can beat UConn, first of all, UConn may be ranked higher because UConn's got games in between and they may move up in the polls in the polls. But if they can beat UConn. If Florida can beat UConn, they just might be back. They might be back. But I want to go over to you, Tony. Tony, who who do you think was who do you think deserves a shout out and was one of the top performers this week in college basketball? For me, one of the top performers, like you said, you mentioned uh, UConn women basketball. They just had a win over number three Texas. And without Paige Beckers, Ozzie Fudd, she took over the role very well and she dropped thirty two points with four assists, and right now she is tied for second for most points in, uh, in the NCAA. And it's just she picked up the slack without one of her teammates and is uh, playing pretty well and just moving. 
yeah, she's it's it's extremely. I was I, Brandon, you know, because we were we were on the show. I expressed my concerns about maybe a little bit. I expressed a little concern yeah. about UConn not having their floor general Paige Beckers out there. And anytime you're not playing with a point guard, it's always a little bit. When you're not playing with when your best player is your point guard and your best player is out, it's a little tough. It can get a little tough on you and it can get a little discouraging and it can kind of change the team for the negative. But on the flip side, a team can pick themselves up and somebody can step up and say, all righty, in his absence, in her absence, I'm going to take over or we're going to play through me or they just they just have a mentality where, you know, it's just. We move. We still going to move. We still going to move. So it's excellent to see Ozzy Fudd step up. And, I mean, UConn was 11th, I believe, in the polls. Right? They, I believe they were – or they were 6th. They were 5th. 5th. They were 5th. Right they're they're 5th fifth fifth right now. now. I think they were 6th at the beginning of the year. They were 6th. Yes, they were 6th to begin with. And beating beating te- Texas's women is no joke. Oh, those, yeah. those are some talented young ladies. And to see UConn pull it out, they may be – they may they may be on their way, but I'm gonna go local for my player, my my <laughs> my top performer. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go local. I'm gonna go local. Can I go local real quick? Oh, go local. Can I go loco? Loco. No, no. Can I go loco? <laughs> I'm gonna go loco with the local, with the, with an L. You know what I'm talking about. But any, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're having fun. We have fun on the show. This is what we do. We're not boring. But uh, my my. I want to give a special shout out to. I want to give a shout out to NAU women's basketball's own Montana Oltrogi. Now, for those of you who don't know about this young lady, Montana is a transfer. She's a grad transfer. She transferred from Idaho State after spending four years at Idaho State. She was a member of the 2021 Idaho State team that won the Big Sky Tournament went to the NCAA tournament and had a pretty competitive good game with Kentucky, who last year were SEC champions. And she was also a part of the Idaho State team last year that won the regular season championship and clinched the number one seed in the Big Sky Tournament. She has come to NAU and she has fit like a, what was Gary what, what, what was Gary Payton's nickname? The glove. The glove. She fit just like a glove. She's been fitting into this program like a glove. Um, this young lady in their double in the Lumberjacks double double. Ooh, I can't talk today. In the Lumberjacks double overtime win against California Baptist, a really, 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 really talented team. Montana had 19 points. She had 19. She had 19 points and nine rebounds. She didn't shoot extremely well. She went three for seven from three, four for 13 from the field, but she. Played significant minutes when NAU had three starters foul out. <laughs> they had three start. They had three starters foul out. Five in total. Five, five, five foul outs in total. Five, yeah, five from the Lumberjacks in total. Three of them were starters, which is absolutely, absolutely insane to think about. But this young lady has fit into this program. She's fit into Lori, Coach Lori Payne's program like a glove. She's averaging. She's the Lumberjacks' leading scorer at 14 and a half points per game. She's their leading rebounder as well with seven. I believe, or she's amongst their leading rebounders with seven and a half 
rebounds, and she's their best free throw shooter, shooting 12 of 15 at 80 percent. I had a chance to speak to her before the season started, and she said that one thing she wanted to bring to this team was experience. And one thing that she's learned about this team is how to be a leader because she came she came from Idaho State where she wasn't necessarily a vocal leader, but Coach Lori Payne has challenged her to be more vocal, more telling to her teammates, to kind of communicate more verbally with her teammates as opposed to com- co- communicating non-verbally. But shout out to Montana Ultrogi. I think she was one of my top performers this week and as, as she's helping the Lumberjacks get going. They overcame an 0-2 start, but now with two straight wins, they're sitting at 2-2 two and two before they head off to the Paradise Jam Tournament over the Thanksgiving break. I want to – did you – Did you? I thought you had another player, Brandon. Did I do. you have another player? I got one more. I, I want to mention this guy because this team recently made headlines because they got their best recruit in team history. And um, I was going to mention Colorado. In, in terms of, like, players on their team, I will say that this team struggled this year. They, they, they won against UC Riverside, lost to Grambling. Then they beat number 11 Col- Tennessee – then they lost to University of Massachusetts. <laughs> and then they beat, just the other night, they beat Texas A&M. I don't know. If they might be in them tonight. I think they beat them tonight, maybe. Uh, I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday? Okay. And they beat them by a lot. Like, they beat them by 30-plus points. So, and this team has a player who's playing very well right now. His name's K.J. Simpson. Now, K.J. Simpson is averaging 16.5 points, essentially six rebounds and four assists per game. Now, he is their team's leading scorer, but this Colorado team is on the up and up. I think they've been playing very – I think they're going to start becoming a very good team in the next coming years. They got a great recruiting class last year, excuse me, and they are now in the opportunity and the chance to really become a very good team in the coming coming years. I think within the next three, four years, they could be making the tournament because this is a a school – with the sports program that hasn't really won much recently. And for them to be in this position, I think it's uh, telling that they're just, they're an improving team. So, Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Colorado is definitely on the up and up as far as recruiting goes. And it's some about, some about Colorado that's getting kids to go over there. And it's great. It's great to see. It's great to see a program that's not necessarily nationally recognized like that to get that kind of recognition within any sport. Mm -hmm. But I want to, I want to talk about two young men who recently announced their commitments. Brandon, we talked about it a few weeks ago. We were wondering when DJ Wagner was going to commit. I said he was going to buy his time until around McDonald's All-American time. You, When did you say he was going to I said he might do it sooner than we think. And I'm going I'm to go pretty ahead. sure I said something like that. I'm going to go ahead and say you were right because he definitely did it sooner than we all thought because DJ Wagner decided to commit – to John Calipari and his University of Kentucky Wildcats. Tony, I want to start I want to start with you as far as what does this mean for Kentucky because if we if we go over it, Kentucky has the number 1 player ranked in the ESPN 100 for the senior class. They have the number 2 ranked player in Justin Edwards, the number 5 player in Aaron Bradshaw, the number 8 player in Robert Dillingham. And if you go down, they have the number 26 player in Reed Shepard. And as if as I'm going through their list of recruits, they're very guard heavy. Mm-hmm. 
They're very guard heavy. DJ Wagner is a point guard. We know that Kentucky's got a great line of point guards. Tyler Ulis, or line of guards, period. Devin Booker, Tyler Ulis, Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, John Wall. The list just goes on and on for point guards. So what do all of these top-ranked recruits, what does it mean for Kentucky? Well, it means Kentucky's definitely going to have a loaded, is it backcourt? Yeah. Backcourt, for sure. But they also have another five-star there that's a sophomore right now, Ty Ty Washington. So it's just kind of going to be a little or bit he, of a he, battle. He, got, he left. Did he? Oh, yeah, yeah he, he left. left. He did. He's, he's with my Rockets. Shout out to shout out to Shadow. But they're going to have a loaded Former room and a lot of guys fighting for spots. And if you really want to start on the team, you're going to have to show why you are this talented five-star recruit right. and everything. And also with him committing there, this pushes Kentucky over Duke for number one overall in recruiting class. And it's over there. Overall, it's just going to be a little bit more tough for each guy in that room. And it's just talent in general, they're going to have it. Yeah, it's definitely definitely going to be some positional battles in practice. There's definitely going to be I, – I, DJ, DJ Wagner um, – DJ Wagner is definitely going to have to come in, even though as – as the number one recruit, he's going to come. He's going to have to come in and fight for his spot because there's anything that we know historically about Coach Calipari is Coach Calipari is very, very, very competitive, and nothing is handed out at that pro at the University of Kentucky, which is why they're so great. But Brandon, what does this mean for Kentucky to have this loaded of a recruiting class? It means I. I so growing up. I always was a big fan of John Calipari. I think Kentucky was always a better program than Duke. I think Duke became good just because people started recognizing him a lot in the last few years just because they always got that star recruit, that number one guy. And then, like, a few years ago, they had Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish, even Tyus Jones, or is it? Trey Tyus. Jones? It was Tyus. It was Tyus? Or was Wait, it? Ty- I think it was Trey. It was are Trey ta- Jones. Are you talking Trey about Jones. Duke? Yeah, I'm talking about Duke. Yeah, Tyus Hantray went to Duke. Yeah. But I think that DJ going to Kentucky just speaks to the level of talent that John Calipari produces at the specifically the point guard position. Because you look at guys he's had, not at Kentucky, but John Calipari did coach Derrick Rose. He has right. had John Wall, Tyler Eulis. He's had, and the list goes on from there. Like I mean, and even Devin Booker, Devin Booker was on his team. Eric, Eric Bledsoe, Eric Jamal, Bledsoe. Jamal Murray. I mean, there's just so many Kentucky guards. Darren, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Malik Monk. Yep. Can go on for a long yeah, it can time. go on for a very, I could go on for a long time. Kentucky's and, very much, very much guard you at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. I think DJ going there just speaks to just like, hey, I am one of the best point. I'm I'm the best point guard in this class. I'm going to go to where the, usually the best point guard goes, and that's Kentucky. And I think he's going to thrive there. I think he's going to be a starter day one. Uh, his athletic – I've been seeing his highlights since middle, like since he was in middle school. He's been dunking since middle school. Like, this kid is a freak athlete. He originally is from Canada. He came to the United States to play a bit. I think that he's going to be awesome, and I think he could be a top pick in the future and whenever he decides to go to the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, Real, real quick, too, we also had another big-name commit in Isaiah Collier. Isaiah Collier decided to take his talents to Southern California, the south of Cali, to play for the USC Trojans, and he is currently ranked at sixth, the point guard out of Marietta, Marietta Georgia, who's 6'4", 205 pounds, is the highest-rated recruit for USC ever. He chose... 
He chose the Trojans over uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, the UCLA, tr- the UCLA Bruins, and as much as it pains me to say this, the Michigan Wolverines, which automatically means Isaiah Collier made the wrong choice. It's all jokes. I'm all. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But I'm just kidding, right? Brandon, how great can Isaiah Collier be for the U- the USC Trojans? It, I mean, he's going to come there and he's going to play. Into the, uh, USC is interesting to me because for the past few years, I don't know, they had the Mobley brothers. They've, But they other than that, they really haven't had that guy that you go like, oh, USC has that guy. So this is like probably one of the best guys I've seen go there in a very long time. And for Isaiah Collier, I think he could be a star on that team and instantly he's going to be starting most likely. And for him to play on this team, I think he's going to definitely elevate this team. I, It depends on how long he stays there. They might be able to make the NCAA tournament. I do not know. It depends on how well he plays. But I, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Collier, and I think that he could do some great things there. Yeah. I, I think the last time USC had somebody you could think of as that guy was probably O.J. Mayo or DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And we all know where OJ, what happened to O.J. Mayo. We'll leave him out of that. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave. We gonna leave. We gonna leave OJ Mayo there. But Demar Derozan. But Demar. Demar was great. <laughs> but Demar, Demar. Number nine overall pick. Was he nine? Uh, he was nine or eight. He, I know he was in the lower half. What year did Demar get drafted? Was it, it was, was it Blake, 09? It was the Blake Griffin draft. So it was 2010. No, 2000. 2009. Number nine overall pick. Yeah, Blake Griffin was 2009. My God. Yep. You know why I forget that? Because Blake Griffin he didn't. Hurt. He didn't play his rookie he was year. Hurt. He did the, the right. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. He stole all rookie of the year from my boy John Wall. As a Wizards fan, I'm hey. mad about it. But, but Tony, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think this means for the USC Trojans to have Isaiah Collier officially join their roster? I think it's really good for them. They also brought in another five, or they brought in two other four stars. They brought in Aronson Page, who's a center, 6'9", 220 pounds, and then they brought in one more four star in Silas. Damari Jr., another guard, so they're going to get two talented guards in the class of 23, and the, the biggest thing is, they're building a talented roster, so with USC, this also, in the rankings, they pushed out Kansas for the number 10 spot in the rank, the recruiting class, so it looks like USC is going to have a loaded year to come. Yeah, Aaron, Aaronson Page, Isaiah Collier's teammate, I just, just realized, down at Wheeler High School in Marietta, Georgia, as Tony said, a four-star, and Silas Damari, another four-star out of Charlotte, North Carolina. This is a this is a promising lineup. Now, Arrington Page is a little bit small for a center, 6'9", 235, but he's an athletic kid. He's an athletic kid, and I think he can, I think he can be, I think he can be, uh, he can be a pretty pretty useful undersized center. That's the word I'm looking for. He could be a pretty useful undersized center and with that tony is there anything that you want to say to our audience before you bid them farewell because unfortunately this is the this is the unfortunate part about having two people on for 30 minutes instead of having one long one hour segment with one person is tough because you know we gotta i hate cutting i hate cutting our conversations but we got to at this point but tony is there anything you want to say to our listeners I'm just happy to be here and glad to talk about sports and looking forward to coming back on. Yeah, ne- and next time you have on, I promise you, we are going to talk about some wrestling. We're going to talk about college wrestling. I told Tony before we went on the air that um, 
wrestling is not my sport. I'm wrestling is is hard for me to follow if it's not if it's not pro wrestling if it's not in if it's not in a ring where they're where they're wearing draws and, and, and sweating Paul's, and Logan Paul's jumping from the if rafters. it's not Logan Paul, <laughs> if it's not Logan Paul jumping through an announce table holding a phone on Roman Reigns, I I don't know what kind of wrestling it is. I'm joking. Of course I know what. Of course I know what collegiate wrestling is. But next time you come on, Tony, we are definitely definitely going to get into college. We're going to get into college wrestling because as I said before. As the year goes on, we got we some sports start to go away. College football starts to go away. Eventually, when we have the show, college basketball is going to go away. Which, whew, that hurt. That hurt my heart just to say that. But next time you do come on, Tony, we are going to switch it up a little bit, and we're gonna talk about some college wrestling because this is the show. This is the tailgate where we do talk about any and all college sports. We don't just talk about football and basketball, but we talk about everything that's going on in the world of college sports. So, Tony, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on officially becoming a tailgater. Once we get that merch, I promise you, you're going to be one of the first people to get it. We're, we're, I'm not joking about that. I'm going to really get that merch. I'm going to save me some money and buy, buy some shirts for our citizens. I'm going to buy some shirts, and I'm expecting Christmas everybody presents. to Christmas presents. Yeah, Christmas is right around the corner, but I have here's the thing. I have parents and a girlfriend now, which means... I got a lot of people expecting Christmas gifts, which is, whew, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But, Tony, Tony, thanks for joining us. Uh, When we come back, Brandon is going to tell us how this week sports equals life. And I am going to let you know how I'm trying to I'm still trying to work on how how to phrase the segment. I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to take over on How You Doing, which is our segment where we talk about a college sports alumni of the week and we highlight them. All that when we come back on the tailgate live on KLJX LP Flagstaff. We will be right back with you in just a few moments. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the tailgate. Once again, we want to thank Tony Mealy and Michael Manny for joining us for the first hour of the show. But now we have hit what I like to call the home stretch of the show. We've hit the home stretch, and Brandon, I understand you wanted to you you. We were talking off of air, and we we neglected to mention something very important that's going on. Did you want to Did you want to bring people up to speed on that? Yeah, I, I'd like to shout the cross country national championships are happening tomorrow and this weekend, and I'd like to shout out just all the teams that are there and congratulations for making it because I feel like cross country doesn't get as much love as it should. And just track and field in general, because it's one of those sports that like a lot of people played in high school. So they understand it. And I think that I used to be a distance runner. So I understand cross country running. I understand how hard it is to run in that level. And I think that running in any collegiate level, community college, D3, D2, D1 is very impressive. And you should, you should re- really be commended for it. And shout out to the NAU team across country. They're looking to win another one. <laughs> it seems like you say it every As year. DJ Khaled would say. Uh, I mean, he's won. They've won in the last, I think it's six or seven years. They've all won all of them, but one. And this might. And they they looked really good in the Big Sky Conference this year, and that's one of the toughest running conferences. And I think that they, honestly. Probably going to win again, and it's almost inevitable, really. And I just wanted to shout that out because we, we didn't really think to talk about it, but 
I realized it literally today. Oh, yeah, the cross-country national championships are tomorrow. So, shout-out to all the teams competing tomorrow. Yeah, we move so fast on this show, we forget about certain things. Now it's time for Sports Equals Life. And here, once again, for those of you who are new to the show, Sports Equals Life is a situ- is a segment on the show where we take a situation that is happening in the world of college sports and we like to equate it and compare it to a to an event or or a situation or something that's going on in actual real life because more than you know it sports is just like real life so brandon i want you to tell me this week how does sports equal life oh let me start off by saying this what's your favorite holiday to be quite honest with you, I think it may I, it may be Christmas. It's Christmas. Weirdly for me, people always find this very weird. I am a huge Thanksgiving fan. I just love good food, hanging out with family and friends, and just enjoying a nice, relaxing time on Thanksgiving. And recently I started thinking... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, sorry, if the music's not, there is music playing. Sorry, it's, I, my earphones are broken, so I have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, so, back to what I was saying. Uh, I think Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. And to a lot of people, Thanksgiving is a great time of year. You get to sit down, watch football. It's the coming of quint- winter. And everyone gets to sit around, enjoy some great food, great company. And football, to me, or, I mean, uh, Thanksgiving to me kind of relates to college football this year in terms of the food quality. So right now you have your Georgia. That's your big turkey. It's the one everyone wants to dig into. It's the best thing on the menu. Everyone's ready for it. And it usually doesn't disappoint unless someone makes it really dry and they burn it and explodes in the oven. But usually it never happens. You really can't. It's hard to mess up a Thanksgiving turkey. Really hard to. Then you have your Ohio State and Michigan. Now, I think those two go hand in hand. Same conference. They're usually pretty close to each other. It's kind of like your gravy with your mashed potatoes. It's hard to separate the two. You really can't get rid of it. They have to be together. And honestly, there's really, it's not much. You can't have mashed potatoes without gravy. It's a proven fact. I do, though. I'm oh. Not a gravy guy. Really? And then you got TCU. Now, I think TCU this year has been super underrated. They've been flying on the radar, finally are getting recognition the past few weeks. They're like the stuffing. I think stuffing is so underrated. I think it's the best thing on Thanksgiving. And I love stuffing. It's easily my favorite. And I think TCU is like the stuffing. You always will enjoy it. It never really disappoints. And it's very underrated. And then... You got your Tennessee, which not the, you're kind of like a staple. It's kind of like your biscuits. They're like it's bit. They're good when you have them. King's Hawaiian bread can't go wrong. And 
you gotta have your biscuits in Thanksgiving. You always gotta have them. You gotta have your sweet rolls. And that's kind of what the tendency is this year. They've been that guy who's always stayed there. They even lost to Georgia, but they beat Alabama. They've been near the top most of the year. You kind of have to have them. And then you got your surprise. And that's the LSU. Now, they are like the sweet dessert, the surprise team. They're like, ooh, I'm forgetting. Pump, no, not pumpkin pie. Ooh, <laughs> apple pie. What's a cl- kind of a classic pie to you? Well, there's in, a my, lot of pie. in my family, we do sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie, interesting. I'm a pumpkin. I think we usually do pumpkin pie in my family. You ever had sweet potato pie? I actually have not. I'm, if my grandmother makes some for Thanksgiving, I'm going to bring you a slice. Mm, I can't wait for that. But, yeah, I think LSU is like a pumpkin pie or just any sort of pie. That you can, it's it's kind of come out of nowhere. It's like, oh, oh, I'm full. I can't even eat anything else. And then you see it. And you're like, hmm, I kind of have to have a slice. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might pass out after this, but I need that slice. And that's kind of what LSU is. It keeps you on your toes. You're always ready for it. And, and it's like, oh, they're having a great year. And then, honestly... I'm not a fan of this food. And I'm going to relate it to a team this year that's been very disappointing. Alabama. Kind of talked bad on Alabama for the past few weeks on this show. As we should. And that's like the cranberry sauce. I don't get the hype around cranberry sauce. I don't like cranberry sauce at all. I think it's the worst thing on Thanksgiving. When I see it out, I just don't even pick it up. I've never eaten cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. I tried it once and I hated it. And... I think that that is like Alabama this year. It is just not good. You look at it, you're so disappointed, and it's just like you, you're like, oh, maybe it'll be good this year. No, it's not good. It's cranberries. And I just think Alabama this year is like that. And then it's just like, I mean, the rest of the meal, if you like something, you like something. I like green bean casserole, and I think it's a staple. And I think it's kind of like a Clemson. They're always gonna. It's like Clemson is like it has so many layers to it that you're not always expecting what you get out of it, and that's why I think Clemson is like a green bean casserole, and that is my real life example relating Thanksgiving to college football ranking. That was actually really, really good. That was that was that was real good. I, mean, I was like, <laughs> I was sitting here and, and I was sitting here and you were going over the list of how the teams compare to different foods uh, during a Thanksgiving spread, and I was sitting here and I was thinking to myself, you know what? He right. I was like, he right. I was like, Georgia is the turkey. Everybody do want a piece of that turkey. That thing. Everybody's <laughs> lining up around the table. Everybody's kind of. They're 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 dang near throwing elbows trying to get a piece of turkey, but and and the Michigan and Ohio State metaphor was was definitely top tier. I think I, for as much as those two teams have this heated, long standing rivalry, they do go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other unless you're like me. I don't need <laughs> I don't need gravy on my mashed potatoes, which means I'm Michigan all the way. I'm Michigan all the way. I don't need no gravy on my mashed potatoes. But that's just me. I know some people, the majority of America, the majority of people who celebrate Thanksgiving around the world uh, like like mashed potatoes with gravy. I'm not one of them, but Brandon, that was 
that was that was excellent. You caught me. You you asked me earlier if I was ready for it, and I, you know what? I was. I, I said I was, but I really wasn't. I really wasn't. <laughs> that was that was good. That was really 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 good. Um. Now with that being said, that was good, but I think this is going to be even greater. Because no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't think good. I can top that to be honest. Because now is time for. One of our most new segments, but I think we're now in week three of introducing this segment. Week week three, week four. We're in. I think it's week four because I started it off. So this is week four. Right. We are in week four of this segment. And this is a segment that we like to call. That's right, everybody. It is another edition of How You Doing. And here on How You Doing, we like to uh, kind of take a look and acknowledge some top performers we like to acknowledge some top performers in the world of pro sports who just recently left the college ranks. Uh, they could be a first-year player or a second-year player, but we want to give props where props are due to these to these athletes who are moving on to the next level of their careers, playing on Sundays, playing on primetime television on a consistent basis. And my my athlete of the week, my my alum of the week. I want to know how Jaden Ivey is doing from the Detroit Pistons. The 20-year-old point guard. The 20-year-old point guard out of Purdue. How you doing? I'll tell you how he's doing. He, he, ain't, he ain't here to answer the question, so I'm going to answer the question for him. He is averaging, he's averaging 16 points, 16.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds a game, and 4.1 assists per game. He is tied uh, he's tied for third in leading the uh, leading his team for assists. I'm sorry. Um, and just recently, now the Pistons, not going to lie to you, the Pistons are garbage. The Pistons are not good. They have lost their past five games. But Jaden Ivey has been a silver lining in what has been a very, very, very dark cloud over the Pistons franchise. Just last night against the, the Los Angeles Clippers, Jaden Ivey played... 38 minutes and had 18 points, five assists, and four rebounds. The game before that against the Toronto Raptors, he had 21, eight, and four. That's eight rebounds and four assists. Uh, the game before that against the Boston Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champions, he had 26 points, three assists, and four rebounds. Or he had eight assists. I'm sorry. He had eight assists against the, the Raptors, three against the Boston Celtics. And Jay Nivey, Somebody who has kind of, who kind of, I don't want to say struggled, but kind of got lost with Paolo Boncaro performing really well. Um, another headline was how Jabari Smith Jr. has kind of fallen below the radar. But in between both of those storylines, in between both of those storylines, we're forgetting about, we're forgetting about Jay Nivey, the fifth pick uh, out of this past year's draft. And I think Jay Nivey is a pretty good example of just how good this Detroit Pistons team can be because this Pistons team is fairly young and I think uh he's he's I believe he's coming off the bench right now or is um, Kate Cunningham is Kate Cunningham still hurt uh Kate has been playing has he is has he been playing or has he been hurt because I, I play, thought he was hurt he did not play last game Jaden started last game right Kate did not play uh yeah, and he's been one of their main offensive weapons in the starting lineup. Yeah, he's Jaden Ivey has found a comfortable role within the starting lineup so far. One thing I would like to personally see is 
Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey on the court together. Now, I know it's a little risky because it's two point guards, two great scoring point guards. I know that's a that's a little bit of a, a gamble, but I think it could work. I think I think it could work in this NBA where a lot of the position where a lot of the positions are non-existent. They're not positions anymore. A lot of teams are playing positionless basketball and I think in this generation two scoring point guards on the floor can do nothing but help. Now I can see why you would want to keep Jade Nivey on the bench when Kay Cunningham comes back because you want somebody to run with that second unit who's going to be able to get you a bucket and make plays for everybody. But I think I think playing two point guards is going to give you better of a strong is going to give you more of a strong start. And plus the Pistons ain't got nothing to lose. The Pistons are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They're not they're not gonna do anything. I mean let's be honest. Am I right or am I right? No, you're right. And also tonight to add they do play the Lakers. So they actually might win. They are gonna win. You know why? Because the Lakers stink. <laughs> the Lakers absolutely are terrible. But uh, I digress. I was on the double double Wednesday. I I got I got my oh, Laker hate. Oh, you got hate. to get your hate out. I got my Laker hate out, and I feel I felt so much better. I felt so much better getting that off my chest because I can't air it out over here because we we talk about college sports. But that's how Jay Nivey is doing. The, the, the great pick. Not a lot of not a lot of rookies to pick from. No, you, like I said, you many. talked about Paolo. I'm a Rockets fan, and Jabari Smith is letting me down so far. So there's not a lot of not a lot of rookies to talk about. I could have picked a second year player, but I wanted to go over with a rookie this week. I actually love Jaden Ivey, so that was a great pick. Yeah, as a Wizards fan, I can't even talk about my rookie. He doesn't even play. But <laughs> I think that Jaden Ivey, honestly, I saw him as one of the best point guards coming out of this class, and rightfully so. He's been killing it right now. But I think that Jay Nivey and Kate Cunningham can co- coexist. He's a guy who was drafted last year, so he's a second-year guy. He's right now hasn't really played recently. He's missed the last three games. Yeah, yep. three games. Uh, and he's uh, Cade's averaging nine, twenty and six essentially. Um, and for Jay, for Kate Cunningham and Jay Nivey, I think they can coexist because I think Cade can run the ball a little bit more, and I think Jaden can be that slashing point guard to play alongside him. But, yeah, I think that the whole sort of um, team that is the Detroit Pistons is they're, they're going to figure it out. I think they have some talent. I just think they're just so young. I mean, you have Jalen Duran. You have who's a rookie this year who's leading the team in blocks. I mean, you got Gay Cunningham. Boyan Bogdanovich, who's killing it this year. He's looking like he could be an all-star this year. Marvin he, Bagley still. Marvin Bagley, yeah. Still, still, I, I I'm pretty sure he comes off the or he might start a power I believe, forward. I believe he may start. He, he started does start. early he start, in the season. He yet. starts now, too. He starts a power forward. So, I mean, they are a good team. I just think they're very young, and they don't have a lot of, like, veteran presence, and they're still trying to figure things out. But, yeah, <coughs> excuse me. I think that they've kind of missed on some drafts recently. Uh, Killian Hayes a few years ago, and he's not been good. He's going to be out of the league soon. I think that... But I think that the past few years they've started to get it. I think the number one pick also helped that. But I think that they're going to slowly get better. And it's going to take time. I think a lot of Detroit sports sports right now are in rebuild mode. And I think Detroit in a few years could be one of the best sports cities in the world again. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Before we go, before we go off of the air, um, I want to take some time to uh, address 
something unfortunate that happened a few days ago, um, and that was the the unfortunate murder of three University of Virginia football players, uh, linebacker Deshaun Perry and a pair of wide receivers, Lavelle Davis Jr. and Devin Chandler. Unfortunately, uh, they were gunned down last. They were gunned down last Sunday after returning from a class field trip. Uh, just atrocious, heinous act of violence that didn't need to happen. Um, these were three young men who I believe they, they were all, all in their 20s, all, all, all young men who were in their 20s, uh, and their lives cut down really before they could even begin. And it was, it was unfortunate to read about, and it was my heart kind of hurt. No, my heart didn't kind of hurt. It, my heart hurt to see um, that those three young men, uh, they're not going to be able to go home for Thanksgiving. They're not going to be able to go home for Christmas and enjoy the time with their family. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's sad. And it, it, it's sad. And it just, it has to stop. Violence, violence has got to stop. Violence has got to stop. It's taken, it's taken way too many people. Gun violence has taken away way too many people in all aspects of uh, entertainment, sports, um, news. It's just, it's taken, it's taken way too many people and it's taken way too many young people. So it's, I just wanted to say my heart, my condolences, my prayers, and all the healing energy I'm sending to the young men, to the, the families of Deshaun Perry, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Devin Chandler. And I'm sending a lot of healing energy over to the University of Virginia football program because one thing we know about football programs is they're very tight-knit, very close, and it's very much like a family. And those young men who play with each other are very much brothers, so I know there are a lot of young men who are grieving for their brothers and my heart's my heart and healing energy uh, I'm sending it your way my brother so yeah just wanted to just wanted to say that just wanted to you know put that out there didn't want to end the show on a downer but I, I we had I felt like we had to address that yeah and uh, shout out to the Washington commanders because they are commemorating them by wearing uh i don't i think it's a uv decals yeah they're wearing they're wearing a uva decals uh, on their helmets helmets. so shout out to them for doing very class act and representing them and don't yeah don't forget um we do not we will not be having a show next week because of the thanksgiving holiday uh it's a friday after it's the day it's a friday it's the day after thanksgiving it's black friday uh, if you're gonna go shopping, if if you're gonna if you're gonna go shopping and it's a crowded area and it seems like it's going to get violent, please be careful, be safe, be mindful, and be respectful of other people in their spaces. Trust me, whatever you're trying to get is not going to go anywhere. It's it's still going to be there, or you can order it online. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday is also coming up, so if you don't get it in the store, try ordering it online, and I promise you, you're gonna get it. Uh, and also. Enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family. Tell hug hug your family. Tell them you love them. Eat some good food if you're cooking. Whip up something great. I know Brandon. I know you're gonna be feasting. I know Ooh, you're gonna be eating good. My favorite holiday. I'm gonna be eating good. I know I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm probably gonna gain about twenty pounds. I, I'm in bulking season for weightlifting, so I need to. I need to gain some weight. Exactly. <laughs> if you're bulking up, this is the perfect perfect time for you. But once again, like I said, no show next week. But we will see you back here December 2nd 
December 2nd. December. Oh, my God. December 2nd. I know. We're already in December. Seems like yesterday we just started January. January? You mean November? No, I mean, it feels like we just started the year. I feel like we just started the year. And now we're already, by the time we have our next show, we will be 28 days away. Or, sorry, 29 days away from entering a very, very new year. But once again, don't forget, we have no show. Next week, we will return December 2nd. And with that... It will conclude another edition of The Tailgate. Once again, we want to thank all of you who chose to spend your Friday evenings with us talking about the wonderful world of college sports. We will see you back here, not next week, but December 2nd, here on The Tailgate Live on KLJX LP Flagstaff. From Brandon Hurley, I'm Monty Gant, and we want to say goodbye and a happy, happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Enjoy the holidays.